Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bottled. The seventh episode today is with Kurt Jackson. Kurt and I discuss about his travel adventures in 40 plus countries around the world and recall stories from his time in the sun-kissed beaches in the Pacific to rocky Alps in Canada. Some other topics discussed, hospitality, yoga, hiking in Nepal, surviving scams and animals during hiking and many more. Please enjoy. lamp over there mm -hmm. that was um so my plan was to purchase a lamp from Kmart for like uh, no, sorry from ikea for about 40 bucks mm -hmm. and um you. literally uh, that was my plan the next day to purchase a, a lamp for 40 bucks walk out of the street um at about six o'clock in the evening there's a lamp sitting right in front of the house and I'm oh. like, talk about luck. <laughs> just bring that in and just adds to the studio. Yeah. yeah. Nice antique. Yeah. Nice mood lighting. Exactly. And I, I've noticed that you'll prefer these kind of lights. I do. Yeah. Set the scene. Yeah. The day I got it, I realized, I, I thought about you. I was like, Kurt would like this. Mm, for sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny how sometimes you hang out with people and then you uh, learn some traits. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is... Uh, after you moved two weeks ago, helped you out. Mm -hmm. We talked about exercises and just going for walks in the morning, just running. Mm -hmm. I started doing it. So I hear. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I think having a good morning routine really sets you up. Yeah. Sets you up for the day. Mm. And it just gives you so much leeway, if that's the right word, that just you, you, it gives you a head start, because mm. that's the right word. For sure. Yeah. And I realized there's a massive difference. So if I wake up early, go to go for a run, go for a m nice morning walk for like 40, 45 minutes, and then prepare for work, I'm more energized. I'm like, come at me. Mm. Let's do this. Uh, but if I just get out of bed, run to the train station, then that's when um, I'm like not interested. Yeah. Does it happen to you as well? Yeah. Well, I've I try and be up before the sun, either some physical activity or no social media for like the first hour. Try and not touch my phone. Yeah. And then start with either some exercise or getting into your most important work. Do a bit of important work mm. or get the body moving. Definitely before work, it sets you up for success. A hundred percent. Yeah. Do you do yoga as well? A little bit of yoga, yeah. Yeah. Yoga or walking or running before work i've never done yoga and they say it's it's a hard exercise mm. it, it takes a lot out of your body is that true depends what type you do i think you can just you can just do it at a whatever level that you want and you can just do some even basic stretching or do and a little bit of mm. breath work just a little bit of simple breath work like yoga breathing mm. will yeah put you start you in the right direction yeah i guess it's it's a balance of physical strength and mental clarity as well mm. i'm not sure because i saw someone define yoga real nice uh, he he was comparing yoga and pain mm. and um the way he explained what yoga can do for someone's endurance 
to take pain and then convert that into positive feelings was amazing. Mm. And that's uh, that's when I wa- wanted to start yoga. But man, I, I do know for sure it takes a lot out of you. And I don't know where to start. Yeah. I did a bit of Bikram yoga as well. You do it in the heated room. Uh-huh. Where it's like, it's probably like 20 to th- 28 to 30 degrees. And yeah. then you do it in a humid environment. In mm. like a, yeah, it's all, it's very strenuous. You're just dripping in sweat by the end of really? it. Really? What's it called again? Bikram yoga? Bikram yoga. Oh. It's like heated, heated yoga. Oh, it's like a spa then? Kind of. It's like, yeah. Kind of like the Russian spa, that kind of heat, but yeah. doing yoga. So it's, it's, it's sort of like a mixture of modern and traditional. Yeah, it's, you feel amazing after it, but it's, it shocks the system when you mm. first do it. Yeah, where do you do that in Sydney? Uh, I've, I used to do it when I lived up on the Sunshine Coast. So I used to go with one of my roommates that I live with. Yeah. Um, she was big into it. It was a lot of fun. Mm. I guess uh, you've grown with people. You've sort of made friends with people who are into fitness or into um, just this um, working yourself out mm. or working yourself out in order to achieve a certain goal, whether mm. it be physical strength or uh, mental well-being. And that really helps. I was speaking to a friend from work and he said um, he's never um, even touched a cigarette. He's never drank and which is amazing. And then mm. I asked him why, because uh, he's a very outgoing guy. He's a very, he's an extrovert and he's always on the move. Mm. Um, and he has this, uh, he has a concept of going out and just getting, you know, how the, mm. how, how the boys say, get wild. Uh, but I asked him, how do you do that? And he said, uh, I guess it's growing up with people, like growing up with people around you. Mm. Yeah, and you're from Marimbula, right? Yeah. From the south. Yep. Yeah, a lot of people there. About a very small coastal community down the Victorian border. Uh-huh. It's my town itself, probably two thousand people, but a a large community of about twenty thousand, roughly yeah. ten kilometers away. So twenty thousand. That's, that's 20, not 000. a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very simple living. Yeah. Very say very sheltered in a way of a lot of the evils that come with the city was just living by the ocean Mm. small close-knit friends and yeah pretty much just lots of yeah lots not i think a lot less distractions and evils that the cities would bring so Mm. yeah nice place to grow up yeah a hundred percent i can imagine but do a lot of people move to the city when they're growing up yeah so Job was either if teachers or tradesmen, but apart from that, yeah. I'd say eighty percent of the people mm. will move move away to the big cities, yeah. seeking opportunities. Mm. Just like your brother, right? Morgan's joining us. Yeah, in so my, oh, he's already come in the weekend. You said, yeah, my brother's just moved up two days ago, so he's um, finally moved up from down south. Yeah, which is very exciting. Yeah. I'm sure it's 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 entirely um, a, a different world out here in Sydney compared to the beautiful sceneries we have in the south or anywhere in regionally South Wales. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely that's a lot different. But I think it's with the whole pandemic has kind of had a lot of people reassess that they can live outside of the normal big cities and are seeking seeking to live in more rural, isolated spots like yeah. where I'm from. 
room. And I've seen, uh, I, I met your dad this morning, uh, dad and mom, um, and uh, they just walked out of the car. And I'm like, Mr. Jackson, Mr. Jackson, it's uh, what a surprise. Honestly, it was lo- lovely people. And you can, you know how you can tell when people are genuinely interested in you? When people mm. genuinely um, acknowledge your presence there? Yep. That's what I felt. S- such lovely people. And I, I guess it comes with your upbringing as well, where you grow up. Mm. And you know how they say people uh, in smaller cities are more, are softer. Uh, mm. they're, they're more welcoming and they they have this uh, they have an open-mindedness mm. uh, and it goes against um you know so many things i've heard of people who live in regional areas like you know they don't accept other um cultures or other um mindsets that mm. are different to their way of living um but i'm sure you know this better and i've seen you you you're this amazing guy who has an open-mindedness towards um friends culture Belief, faith. I've seen you talk to people in a way that I've never seen anyone do so. It's it's crazy, um, and um, and it's been a pleasure knowing you, Kurt. And welcome to Bottled. We are recording. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, love the concept. Thanks for inviting me here today. It's yeah, can't wait. Yeah, thank you. Um, and for those. Um, who have been listening to this uh, episode right now. So let me tell you a bit about Kurt. We worked together uh, in travel insurance before the big thing happened in March, February, March. And uh, we, yeah, like we were telling Dave the other uh, some time ago that we were the pillars of the organization. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely were. Yeah. Just making sure that, you know, things are on track. Yeah. But yeah, what a way the industry was disrupted, right? With the pandemic. We were working one day, just, you know, then the big thing hit, uh, it was declared as a pandemic. And then we basically had to, uh, we had a very unclear future of what was about to happen. Mm, But you're still in the travel insurance industry. How has it changed? Yeah, I guess it was a, like, like with all industries, it's been a, it's shaken up our industry quite a lot. We, um, the company itself went from 80 down to about 10 people within the company. So... Mm. Yeah, we've had to adapt adapt to how the pandemic's affected. But um, the industry as a whole is just trying to keep above water and slowly s- slowly start to get people traveling interstate first and then hopefully further afield in the coming year. Yeah. Are other travelers who call us or call you um, looking, have this... Uh, so previously when I was uh, interacting with people as well, there was a very positive... Um, outlook towards traveling is it the Mm. same now or are people more scared Uh, people are still wanting to travel i think i think there is still an element of still with hundreds of thousands of cases new cases in europe yesterday three hundred thousand new cases so there's definitely still a lot of a lot of negative yeah yeah, negative aspects of traveling but yeah people definitely want to go just within australia they want to get out of Melbourne. Mm. People down south are still trapped and can't even leave their house more than five kilometres. So I think people just want to explore 
our beautiful country before heading overseas again. Mm. So that's the, the overall sentiment at the moment, I think. Yeah, and it's, it's probably a good thing uh, as well. Obviously, the pandemic is not a good thing. Uh, what happened is not good. Mm. But the fact that people are now looking towards traveling in their own country, exploring mm. places they may or may not, have, may not have heard about before, it's amazing, right? Yeah. And I look forward as well because um, I'm, I'm planning on sort of uh, checking a few places out. A friend of mine went to Foster's Island, Hmm. That's a place. Uh, I, wow. I, I did a good bit of Google search, uh, and it's amazing. There's like mm. nice and golden beaches, and then there's resorts. Wow! And it's based in New South Wales, hmm. Forces Island. People look it up. Uh, Never heard of it. No. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's going there for a week. Hmm. I'm just gonna have fun. And we, um, I work in the life insurance uh, side of things now, um, after we parted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, we get so many calls from Victorians trapped in their houses, trapped uh, in wh- mm-hmm. whatever they're doing, uh, they're doing now. Um, but uh, would you say that we're lucky in a sense? Because a lot of countries are doing way worse than what we have. Victoria, I believe, now has 200 active cases mm. from 2000 back in um August or mm-hmm. September. Do you think we're doing better uh, in terms of managing these cases? I think we've done a lot better. Definitely been very strict a lot more. We've definitely handled it well the past few months. Yeah. Cases are declining. I guess they've just been an unfortunate situation now that they just had a massive spread and haven't been able to get back to a back to normality. Mm. Yeah, but I- it is sad us being able to live a more date a more normal life back to normal as opposed to them who mm-hmm. still have the harsh restrictions yeah i, I saw a facebook post uh, the other day no it was reddit sorry um and it said um 7 million or 750 a large number of people have died because of the coronavirus mm-hmm. um and if you can wake up in the morning if you're feeling healthy and if you have a job to go to uh, you should consider yourself lucky mm. and how true uh, is it uh, it's it's crazy how lives have disrupted mm. and we can still wake up and then go to work and still feel safe and secure and healthy uh, is uh, is something to look forward to don't we yeah for sure yeah. we're definitely very lucky to be here and one of the best countries in the world and wouldn't want to be anywhere else, would you? Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was working for Optus many years ago and um, there was this guy who came into the store. He's been to countries around the world, right? And he's a permanent resident in um, a lot of countries because apparently you can be a permanent resident but only be a citizen of one country for in terms of Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I asked him... Um, you know, you've been, you can live anywhere in the world you want. Why Australia? And he said, you will only realize the beauty of this country when you leave the country. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was so true because um, I, I'm, I'm from Nepal and the way things function here, Australia is, you know, is, is light years ahead in certain things, in very specific things in terms of infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, than uh, Nepal is. And uh, Nepal is, uh, obviously, there is technology. There is uh, the, the biggest asset in Nepal right now is the mindset of people. We mm-hmm. are young. We are enthusiastic. We we have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. But I guess it's the access to infrastructure and resources and just the pathway for a young person to achieve what they dream to mm-hmm. be. That's hard. For Australia, it's, um, it's a lot open. Mm-hmm. If you go to a, uh, if you study something or if you want to become something, you can see a pathway there. Mm-hmm. 
And speaking of pathway, you uh, were uh, in the cruise as well, super cruise. Mm. Right? Is that the super cruise? Am I saying it right? Uh, super yacht. Super yacht. Yeah. There you go. That's a, that's a fancier word than super <laughs> cruise. Um, 40 countries. 40 countries and meeting thousands of people. I want to hear more about this. <laughs> so I guess I, I guess I started the journey when I working on super yachts when a friend of mine had did some training courses, a South African guy, and I just went out on a limb and thought that sounds like a, a wonderful opportunity to travel the world and meet lots of different, unique, beautiful people. So I booked some flights to South Africa, did some courses, and then jumped on a plane by myself to Europe mm-hmm. with not an ounce of knowledge how to work on boats, but yeah, just kind of had a good had a good positive mindset and thought I'd thought I'd like the industry so yeah I ended up end up working for three three and a half years overseas wow. on super yachts mm. yeah it was a lot of fun and you had no idea of what you were getting into no not really just just knew there was a lot of element of traveling and making a decent amount of money as well mm. so how do you how do you apply for these things um so the the first step to South Africa, how did mm-hmm. you get there? Uh, what did you see? Was there an advertisement or did someone refer you? Yeah, the the jobs are mostly just done on a... You'll get a trial period on the boat. Uh, so they'll, there'll be a few websites where they'll post positions looking for a certain a certain role on the boat and then you'll you'll go on for a few days work just to see yeah. if you're if you fit the fit the company of what they're looking for mm. essentially if you're a hard worker you don't complain you've got a good attitude and yeah. you're willing to work long hours and mm. have a lot of fun in the process so yeah it kind of took me from europe uh across to america mm-hmm. and then got flown back to europe and then took it back to america yeah and then through the through the panama canal up to alaska and then back down the west coast of America, Central mm. America, a little bit of South America, really? the Pacific, and then back to Europe, back to America, Caribbean. So, yeah, did a, saw a lot of beautiful countries and continents, um, mm. but also happy to be back in Australia as well. Of course. Home is home. Home is home. Yeah. Which one's your favorite continent out of all the places you've been through? I would say that's a very good question. I'd say favorite would have been that's a, I guess for different aspects. Mm. I really enjoyed the Pacific being yeah. just very remote, just getting away from the furthest away point from humanity and just back to primitive living mm. where the oceans are thriving, the coral reefs are just untouched with no pollution no coral bleaching just not Mm. no one just beautiful beautiful white sandy beaches yeah how it was thousands of years ago little atolls where you'd just drop the anchor and then just drop the tender and go exploring at beautiful spots for the guests yeah just natural way of doing things i guess yeah i guess the um the best countries in the world are where people haven't been to, mm. in my opinion. For sure. Unless you have some massive, um, iconic uh, 
events or um, places to go to, um, mm-hmm. purely as an example, um, Paris. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess, yeah, just to have that experience of living a different world, yeah. uh, you've, you've got to go to places where people haven't. For sure. Yeah. And how crazy it is uh, to just, you know, do, do that as a part of your work. Mm. And also from what I, from uh, as far as I know you, it fits your personality as well. Mm. You're just that kind of person. Yeah. And what countries in particular were there in that continent? We that's you found that most region, fascinating. I guess started as we left North America, mm-hmm. as we went to the Galapagos Islands, which were uh-huh. Ecuador, I mean, incredible. Yeah, just in South America, but in on the way to the Pacific. So that was incredible. Such a yeah. such a unique set of islands, and the wildlife's incredible. Each island is just has its own unique set of animals and different rock formations and landscapes you'd be one was volcanic and then the next island would be just the the amount of wildlife and landscapes are just incredible really yeah and you have to have a a naturalist on board so they try and limit they have only allowed a certain amount of people per island Mm -hmm. so you have to have a naturalist on board who would take you ashore, teach you about the local ecology and how to respect and just be as have as less impact on the on the land as possible. Well, so a naturalist, that's a profession. Yeah, so oh. so they you pick from it was like a local Ecuador person from Ecuador, and we'd pick them up, and then we'd only be allowed to anchor in certain parts of the island, oh. and you'd only be able to. To enter with them, you you wouldn't be able to do any activity without getting authority from essentially their national parks and wildlife's. Yeah. Makes sense because uh, tourism can either foster a certain place or mm. destroy it. Mount Everest, for example, it's littered. From what I've heard, I've never climbed it. Mm. Littered with bodies. Or people uh, who have died, and just people uh, like food packets and just plastic and just man-made materials in mm. uh, the ki- iconic mountain. But I guess yeah, that that makes sense that you've got to have someone who is there to preserve the environment for sure. Yeah, do they work for super yacht or we just hire them privately? It was a legal requirement yeah. to have them hired. So it's in order to. The permits to enter the Galapagos region are very, very strict. And as part of, if if the boat's over a certain size, mm-hmm. I think it's, if it's over 100 feet, you're required to have a naturalist on board for your whole stay. You may have oh. a, a two or three week visa, and then you'd have to have someone on for the whole time. Wow. Which is great yeah. for the local economy because you're hiring, mm. hiring local local people to help you with your journey and it's also great for the sustainability and for the for the islands yeah you told me at work once uh that you are you go into these um these countries and just port your yacht there uh and uh you said you end up in the best part of town Mm -hmm. that must have been really uh the the highlight of all your travel yeah it it's um amazing you Pretty much, you'd you'd work for say you might have a two week two week trip, so you'd work twelve hours a day for two weeks straight, and you'd very strenuous but a lot of fun. Yeah, you're um spending a lot of time in the sun, working with your hands, mm. 
um, conversating with guests and people from different cultures, which is a lot of fun, but very hard work. Yeah. And then at the end, you pull into a beautiful harbour, tie the boat off, put a gangway out, carry, your, get all the bags and put drop the guests to the airport. And then you'd be in a beautiful harbour and have spend a few days, a few nice relaxing days, mm-hmm. beautiful beaches and bars on the beach. Yeah. So a great way to see a city 100%. or a beautiful tropical island. 100%. Because I have to tell you, uh, landing from a plane is not as... Um, it's not <laughs> exciting. It's Especially, it feels exciting like when you go to a new country, but mm. um, you, you you spend 12 hours on the plane and then you've mm. had shit food. Yep. You're at the airport going through immigration. You're answering questions, making sure your passport's <laughs> with you. But yeah, I can imagine just you know getting off the the yacht and then just mm-hmm. heading on to the 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 harbor, or just the the the, the city area, or just you know the the, the more um, upbeat side of town must be exciting. Yeah, you know? because I can imagine just you know if I'm on a boat coming to Australia, imagine I the first place I get off is Circular Quay. Mm-hmm. That is majestic. Mm. There's the opera house right there. There's so many people just taking pictures and just dancing, singing, drinking there. Mm-hmm. There's birds all around. There's a city skyline just behind you. <laughs> and there's a cruise bar on the side. Mm. The water is glistening. It's clean and clear. And I'm sure it's not just Australia. Uh, a lot of other places must have the same vibe. Do they? Yeah. In, it's nice when you're in Europe in the middle of summer so i mean everyone from a lot of people from europe come to the south of france around monaco and italy around the amalfi coast so you'll say you pull up in monaco one of the most yeah. iconic spots in europe and then tie the boat up and then there's just an abundance of um yeah just bars and restaurants yeah and just nightlife and shows and it's just so much activity right at your doorstep. Yeah. That's what I like about Europe and Europeans. They're very um they can they party. They they, they love to party, yeah. Yeah. When they when they go out to party, they make sure that they really party. They're not there mm. to they're they're not they're not a half ass party goers. No. They they go there and make sure that, you know, it's 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 a good night. They they just yeah, they know how to they know how to party well. Hmm. Their regulations are a little more relaxed than over here, so yeah, certainly. You know, it's nice being able to to always. The majority of the time, whenever you get to a new port, you're in the best part of town, and it's just walking distance to all the action, which is mm. incredible. Yeah, and you said you went to Barcelona as well. Yeah, yeah. I spent a, a lot of time in Barcelona. Is Barcelona um, near the water, or is it in the middle? It is. Yeah. Mm. So. There's a marina MB92, which is right, right in the middle of in the middle of town. So you step off the dock and then right near the the W, which is right on the ocean front um, of Barcelona. Mm. So you walk outside. There's the W, a beautiful promenade. There's lots of beautiful restaurants and little yeah. bars right by the shore. And obviously, you have the football vibe as well, I believe, in Spain. Yeah. So um, when I was there, one of my first mates of my first boat, he was actually a member for um, Barcelona. So really? when I was in Barcelona the second time, he gave me his members tickets and saw saw Barcelona win 3-1. Messi got two goals. So. Oh, really? Against? 
Um, it was... I'm not too sure who it was against, but yeah, I got free tickets in 10th row in the members area. Wow. Barcelona, so... Yeah. At New Camp. The, yeah, at New the, Camp. The, um, the Barcelona Stadium. Yeah. My God. The exciting things you do when you're traveling, man, especially when you get these freebies and mm. just see things. Would, that, would you consider that the most exciting part, not knowing what the next destination holds for you? Definitely, yeah. Because a, a lot of the time, your itinerary is dictated. Like you'll just sit in a certain zone and then you can get called say if you're in Europe for the summer so you could get you'd be in the south of France or Italy and you might say alright we've got to be in Turkey in four or five days yeah so you've got to pack up in a few hours notice and then push off um, yeah you could be in Greece or Turkey or Croatia um, really so just completely in a completely different area of Europe yeah in a matter of days I guess it's a it's a it's a beauty of Europe as well. But like mm. you go from one place to the other and not not even realizing that you're in a different country. Yeah. I've heard you can take trains from France to Italy and Italy to Germany or whatever. Mm. Just go around the the country. And the funny thing about Australia is if you take a train and sit in that for seven hours from New South Wales, you'll still be in New South Wales. That's it. <laughs> across four or five countries in Europe. Exa- yeah, exactly. And such a small country and a massive uh, population density, right? It's, mm. Um, the UK by itself has 60 million people and Germany, I believe was 80 or something. Crazy. Yeah. And, uh, well, the funniest uh, part of that is, um, every country in such a small continent, they speak different languages and it's hard for one country to understand the other. You may be able to sort of get a hint of what they're trying to say, Mm. But yeah, it's so hard to, um, they have different languages there. For sure. Yeah, it's, luckily, English is pretty universal. Mm. You do pick up, if you spend a few months in a certain, a certain country, pick up a little bit of, a little bit of the language, but yeah, it's definitely, everyone speaks a universal, similar language when you're having coffees or having a few drinks at the bar. There's certain, certain words that are universal, but yeah, it's. I guess we're lucky English is relatively spoken everywhere in the world. A hundred percent, yeah. And do you feel, uh, have you felt as tourists um, in many countries that you went, that you were treated with more respect or with uh, you were welcomed um, in a better way? There was more hospitality involved there? Have you ever you felt that? I think coming from a small, a small boat that we just cater to 10 or 15 guests where have a quite a small impact... Mm. Um, into these into ports um, traveling by boat definitely have a different I think they're generally yeah very, very welcoming mm. very nice especially a lot of a lot of smaller islands that you're at they put on ceremonies and they welcome you very well into yeah. their communities and islands Mm. So, so some countries they have a massive thing with uh, guests like in Nepal there is mm. a saying that goes by Atiti Devo Bhava which means the guest is equivalent to God. Wow, that's a massive saying. Mm. Like that's that's a that's a quite a status to give to a guest. Yeah, and um, you will realize. Um, have you ever been to Nepal? No, not yet. No, you've been to India, right? I've been. No, I haven't been to India. I've pretty much been, pretty much where a boat can go. I've been a lot of different mm. places, but haven't haven't explored 
in your honor pool yet, but it's definitely up there on the list. Yeah. If you go, you will realize, you'll see the true definition of what hospitality is. Mm. What would be the a common greeting for tourists in Nepal? Namaste. Yeah, namaste. Namaste, which means basically to join your hands and yep. yeah, and that's 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 basically it. Yeah, mm. and that's that's a very formal and very respectable way of saying um, hello, mm-hmm. which is namaste. If you go to if locals meet locals, they mm-hmm. just say like kiss her or you know it's it's very informal, which is understandable. But when there is a tourist, when there's a guest there, and uh, now it's a it's a whole new story. Mm. If you go to someone house someone's house, mm-hmm. they will feed you. They will feed you on, until you tap out. Wow! They will, f- uh, you you will feel um, bloated, <laughs> and you you will feel what the what the hell's wrong with these people? Are they trying to finish off their food? Because it's mm. <laughs> and it's um, yeah, but it's it's crazy. And I guess India and Nepal, yeah, there are a few countries to go to because the crazy thing about India is it's it's a massive country, huge mm. economy. And there's a lot of things happening there, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, Nepal is a s- small country. There are things happening, but it's very um, it, it's an internal conflict. It, it's an mm-hmm. internal um, um, it's an internal. I, I don't want to use the word problem, but it, it's an internal. What's the word I'm looking for? Matter. So it's between the bordering countries, uh, not even countries. Like no. it's it's just within the country. We we are sorting things out, yep. and uh, we are very peaceful because mm-hmm. of that. That we have certain problems, we have certain level of progress, but we don't want to impact someone's experience because of mm-hmm. that. And uh, it's an amazing country. So what a lot of my friends have done, um, um, have gone from Australia, is they've gone to India. Mm-hmm. They started from Delhi. They went to South India. They went to Goa. They did a bit of um, the traveling in ba- Bangalore as well, which is mm-hmm. the IT hub of the country. Then they came towards Delhi again. Then took a flight from Delhi to Nepal. Mm-hmm. Then they go from um, the Kathmandu, which is the capital city where you will land, mm-hmm. uh, to Pokhara, and that is the place to go. I was there once, right? So it's it's basically a small city uh, mm-hmm. which is surrounded mm-hmm. by hills. And then you have um, like a small pond. It's not a small. It's it's a it's a big lake. Mm-hmm. You have that lake there. But then you can either stay there, you can either party there, or you can start hiking through mm. the mountains and the hills across the valley. Wow! And um, at one point, so we started doing that. At one point um, in the hills, we reached a place where there is a massive hill on the left. And mm-hmm. there's a cliff on the right. And there's donkeys with belts in their uh, necks on the, on the left just walking through the hill. And there's a temple there. And there's all these noise coming in from the temple of people chanting and monks praying. Wow. There's a mountain on the right. Right, you can see the mountain crystal clear. There's no pollution whatsoever, and then you have small cottages and shops there where you can stop and have locally made alcohol. Wow, like very hot, warm alcohol there, which is uh, which is amazing. So you can mm. sit there. You know, you can have chicken, and the, the chicken's basically just a chicken from the backyard. <laughs> they just catch it and kill it, and then just make it right right over there. There is no processing involved. And um, yeah, that, that that's the sort of environment you will mm. um, you will see in Nepal if you go there. And then they all 
lead back to Pokhara, do they, all the, all the trails? Uh, good question. So you can either go uh, straight ahead to other places like Poonhill, Gandruk, or come back to Pokhara. Hmm. Yeah, and then basically party there again and then go towards Muktinath, which is another um, ancient, um, which is a holy place where it takes a, it takes a lot to get there. Mm. And that's only if you're serious about traveling. Mm. Yeah. And, um, Sounds it, incredible. It, it is incredible, mm. yeah. And I, 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 it's, it's sad that I haven't traveled most of my own country, uh, mm-hmm. but I wish to go there one day. Maybe we, two of us will. Maybe you, we will. You, you never know. Yeah. Hiking trip to Nepal sounds sounds incredible. Exactly. Are you much of a hiker? I've done. I was living in Canada for a few years, so over there, there's also great mountains. Mm. Not that compared to Nepal, but definitely very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Do. Yeah. The summer months, the where all the all the trails are accessible for hiking. Um, I think I've hiked to about eleven thousand feet. Yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah, done a few, done a few that, big hikes. It takes quite a bit out of you. Eleven thousand yeah. feet. It's, yeah. um, what's some of the elevations you've been at? Uh, uh, not much. Not it's, much. I'm not too sure of the figures, but mm-hmm. no, no, not as uh, extensive. That's okay. uh, that's uh, it, it was. Uh, it's a basically a trail. Like you uh-huh. just follow a trail. You follow a path. Yeah. Um, the the climb is hard, mm. uh, but it's not. Um, it's not a very intensive. Anyone can do it. Basically, with sport shoes and jackets. Do you get elevation sickness at some of the stages with the hikes? Um, I do personally sometimes, yep. um, but you generally don't with the places that I mentioned just now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are places in the country where you will uh, need some guidance there and mm-hmm. equipments to get get to. Uh, but generally, you know, for if you just want to travel to that to Nepal, mm-hmm. you will you wouldn't need it. You yeah. hear some interesting stories with people getting sickness along the way. Yeah, and some. And then they have to get guidance from some of the local local guides yeah. to help in certain different teas or, um, yeah, had some interesting stories, people trekking and having, it's all part of the adventure though, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> Just the uncertainty. And Sometimes you don't make it to the peak, but you nah. have a completely different experience. Or, yeah. yeah, and it's it's it's. I think it's the uncertainty that's exciting mm. because um, when you go into a hiking experience, you mm. don't have your mobile phone with you. Like there's no network. You're essentially by yourself mm. uh, in the most innate way possible that nature intended you to be there. For sure. And um, if you lose way, you've just got to <laughs> talk to people. You can't use Google Maps. Yep. If you run out of food, you've got to find food in the forest. Mm-hmm. If you want to sleep, if you're tired, you've got to sleep under the tree, mm. making sure there's no uh, there's no snake right above you in the trees where you're uh, not seen by bears and tigers. It's part of the adventure, isn't it? Yeah. I love it how you've just got some rough directions of some of the trails. It's like it's go to spot X and then walk two kilometers through the valley. Exactly, yeah. And then it'll go up a ridge and then... From there, you'll see a path that goes to the left. It's very, it's very unclear of where you're going. But exactly, yeah. I remember a trip um, um, in high school, mm-hmm. right? So it was basically a school trip, and they um, had us walk to. It was uh, Pokhara Poonhill. Mm-hmm. It was. It was Pokhara Poonhill. Yeah, and. Uh, so uh, 20 of us were hiking, right? So we were just walking. And then at one point, we were all so tired. Your brain starts functioning the way it should. Hmm. And then 
a lot of them just kept walking. And me and a friend, we were just walking slowly. The next thing you know, we realize we can't see anybody. There's <laughs> literally nobody there. We check our phones. There's no network. And you have a group of 20 people, two people missing, 18 are somewhere up there. Uh, and uh, I guess that was one of the best experiences of our lives wow. because we were literally shouting, looking for people, just running through the forest, just trying to make sure we see a, a hint of life somewhere so we can go and talk and just mm. ask for help. Um, it was um, it was four thirty when we lost way, and it was um, it was getting dark at six thirty. It was it was winter time. It started wow. raining. Kept walking. We uh, thankfully we saw a board that um, pointed uh, to where we wanted to go, uh, hmm. and it told us the exact time. Uh, it would take to get there hmm. and we just kept following the path and it was ten thirty in the night when we reached the resort where we wanted to go we got a thrashing out of the uh, headmaster wow not a physical one but uh just the fact that you know they thought we just ran away or just careless um but to this day i will not forget the <laughs> the entire hiking experience and was there any animals that you'd have to worry about at that no no thankfully not mm. but we did see a few um markings on the ground we're not sure if it's a bear or tigers Hmm. and you know what the crazy part about hiking uh, in certain parts is Uh, so this is a strategy that a lot of villagers use Mm -hmm. they when you're hiking um, going somewhere villagers they try and scare you saying you know it's getting dark there's Mm. a tiger coming in oh i can smell the tiger (laughs) and then they're like oh do you hear that like they they scare you so much so that you spend the night there when you really yeah, you spend the night there, you you, mm. you purchase food, you purchase alcohol, um, and then you wake up and go um, go mm. about your day the next day. <laughs> That's something we... It took us a long time to realize that. <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, and it's it's basically... Um, it's, it's it's not honesty. Mm. Uh, it, it's not being honest, but uh, I guess it's not as detrimental as mm. well. It's not... It's not a scam. I wouldn't tag that as a scam, but it's mm-hmm. just a way of doing things for people, I guess. You know, when you live in the mountains, you've got a limited source of income. Mm. I um, On one of the trails in Canada, mm-hmm. when it was in the middle of summer, we left it at, at 4.30 in the morning before sunrise and climbed halfway up to the peak, still pitch black, and then it hit a valley and you went through the large trees. So it's pitch black and you're just walking through a flat section where it's still just got an iPhone torch in front of you, so you can see maybe two to three meters in front of you, and we're walking through the trees, and then a bear was, was a black bear, two meters in front of you. And Really? Yeah, so the sun's not even up, and then we're two-thirds of the way up to this peak, this beautiful peak that we've been dreaming about and planning for weeks, and just me and, me and a friend and mm. another person maybe... 20 minutes behind and we wow. wanted to make to get to the peak to see sunrise over the whole over the whole mountain range yeah and then we just quickly adapted and luckily it was only a juvenile and its mother wasn't around so we kind of just stood still and it scurried off and we kind of scrambled up the last section through a not part of the track yeah but just the fear of the unknown it was such a exactly such an unforgettable experience and mm. um, can you hide from a bear like um play dead and survive uh, or is that a myth it's depends on the bear but you're supposed to just 
not panic and just stand stand your ground. You're not supposed to run, mm. otherwise they could chase you. So you're supposed to just stand your ground and not just act calm and don't try and approach it or run away. So you just got to be kind of yeah, have a calm demeanor and don't freak out. So yeah. luckily it don't it, scream. Luckily it left us alone. We left it alone and yeah. quietly went on our way. Yeah. But Definitely got the heart rate going. Oh, man, I can imagine. Mm. Like, I remember doing those hikes when there was a fear of animals, Mm. um, especially tigers. For some reason, I'm so scared of tigers. It's just, it is a scary animal. It's a carnivorous, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like if I would see a tiger in front of me in in a hiking trail, Mm. um, I think I would pass out. Like it's, I, I would pass out. Mm. It's, it's literally there to kill you. To be honest, for sure, it's it's gonna jump on you. It's uh, you're not gonna be as fast as you, uh, but you never know because, like mm. you said, you know, you scrambled your way through the forest when you saw mm. the bear. When people are scared, you you have this energy yeah. out of reserve and <laughs> you just bolt. I had an, another friend who was a bit of a traveler bit of a bit of a gypsy he spent the whole summers hiking just fairly remote just yeah kind of tapped out of society and just went on extensive month months hiking by himself and he said he was hiking by himself at the particular time and he come across some wolves and yeah. at first there was one wolf and then he was surrounded by this pack of wolves and he just remained calm through the whole experience. Yeah. And he had just one of his uh, granola bars on him. Ooh. And he fed it to the wolf. And then he just backed off and they left him alone. Wow. And he's got photos of these be- of these wolves just surrounding him. And oh he just God. fed them one of his bars and they just left him alone. But yeah. crazy what you see I, when you... I guess you've got to be very um, stable... Mm. And you've got to have a very stable mindset. Yeah. When you know you've, you you're going to encounter these things. Mm. And I guess hiking now in 2020 has become a lot easier because mm. um, man has reached men and women have reached um, places uh, that weren't explored even 50 years ago or 100 mm. years ago. And now there are trials and you know, they have notices and signs. Mm. Uh, people will tell you where there is danger and where there may not be. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's changed. But just the the fear of encountering an mm. animal that could kill you in an instant. <laughs> sure. And that's when you think of the things back home, right? When you're hiking. Uh, I know it's all uh, nice and fun to talk about these things. But when you're there, when you're experiencing it, you start thinking about your parents, about your friends, mm. about little things in your room, the things you thought you would do mm-hmm. and you may not be able to if you die. Have you watched the movie 127 Hours? I have, yeah. Look at that, man. That's yeah. that's exactly... What an amazing movie. So if, mm. for who's listening, whoever's listening, if you haven't watched 127 Hours, watch it. Mm. It's an amazing movie. It's Yeah, there's, that, these things could happen if you're... Yeah. If you're in the outdoors, definitely the you can be trapped in certain situations with... And you've got to get yourself out, don't you? Yeah. And you never know what situation that could mm. be. Yeah, wildlife or boulders or... Yeah, there's... Yeah. That was based in the Grand Canyon, right? Have you been there? Yeah, I have been to the Grand Canyon. I think he was hiking through the... He was doing some sort of trekking through the yeah. through the canyon. 
Um, just walking through the canyon, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't been th- through the canyon, but I have mm-hmm. certain vantage points around the Grand Canyon I've been. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You've got to be <laughs> better to hike with people, I guess. And yeah. And also, uh, a message that the movie gives us is to let people know where you're going. For sure. Let someone know. Mm. It's. Um, I was moving houses the other. Um, the last year, sorry. Um, and um, I had to go for an inspection. It was in a suburb. Um, what's this place called? Mascot. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd never been there. I had no idea what I was. What, what was waiting for me? Right. So what I did before I went there is. I was in a rush. I was running because uh, the inspection was at 11 and I was I'd already taken a day off work for that. I had to be there. Uh, I quickly messaged a friend just the address of where I was going without giving any context. And the mm. friend just sent me a question mark. He's like, what? W- w- what's that for? Mm. Um, but I guess what I was trying to imply is if something happens, if I don't show up, mm. <laughs> that's the address I sent you. So be- go there. Get for my sure. body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... 20 years ago, you just think like how technology's changed everything with Uber, getting in car with strangers. I, I know. But technology is very good with that. Yeah. There's people babysitting and tutoring and, yeah, there's always an element of, yeah, what could happen. But mm. thankfully our phones will save us for the most part, won't they? Exactly. I was just sitting mm. on the train the other day and I was looking at, um, I was just holding my phone just like this, right? And there were quite a few people on the other side as well just using their phone. And if you look at this device from the human point of view that you are it's basically a slab of technology that lets you do anything you want mm-hmm. communicate with any person on the uh, in the in the world as long as you have their details as well there's a way for you to connect mm-hmm. and it's i guess it's a massive change in technology it's a massive move forward mm-hmm. imagine 20 years ago when there was no internet email if you wanted to get a notice for something, you had to go to that venue, check the billboards or bulletin boards and notice boards, mm. get a phone number there, and then make a call to that phone number, and I guess do the manual type of things. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mm. And, I, I, and I sort of miss those uh, times as well, because you know, imagine there was uh, no GPS. You mm. were literally asking for directions. <laughs> there. A lot more anxiety, but yeah. Yeah. What's the, um, in terms of the countries you've visited, um, Mm -hmm. where did you feel um, insecure or unsafe? Talking about the dangers in society, where did you feel that? And why would be the question as well. Good question. I I would say probably be more the bigger cities in Europe. Um, So I guess Paris kind of, has a lot of has a good side but also has quite a dark side as well um i've heard so yeah america as well in certain parts when mm. i spent a lot of time in the states um i think just mate in general the the bigger cities mm. where there's a lot a lot more problems also some of the caribbean islands as well just that were not as safe jamaica or some of the other islands where they see a a very expensive, let's just say, an expensive boat, and you kind of stand out, mm. and then you come ashore, and even bef- they'll just have a lot of people, unfavorable figures that'll just be staring at your boat yeah. before you've even left, really, and just people following you around the streets and asking to do favors for you, and yeah, just a so there are certain 
certain parts where you have to be a bit more switched on and yeah. worried about who you talk to at what time of day. Mm. I, I guess a dead giveaway is where people are overly friendly with you. Yeah. Right? They come mm. and approach you and then have small talks out of Norway. Yeah. And they try and be friends with you in a in a moment. You, you know something's down. Mm. Yeah. Like even um, when I was coming to Sydney for the first time, um, at the airport, there was a guy in Malaysia mm-hmm. who, was, um, who approached me and he couldn't speak English very well. Mm. And he wanted me to fill up a form um, that I had no clue what the form was about. Right, mm. I had absolutely no idea, but I was so skeptical and um, just generally aware because mm. you've got to be very careful, especially in airports and immigration and borders. For sure. Uh, when you see these um, documentaries about yeah. locked up abroad, <laughs> for sure, taken. <laughs> you never strangers know at airports. Yeah, mm. and I guess that has made you a stronger person because of all these travel um, mm. experiences. Has has it? Definitely more aware. Yeah. You definitely get, you definitely are more aware in those situations of what to do, and I guess, yeah, it's mm. when you are in some unfavorable places with uh, lower socioeconomic areas, you definitely need to be more careful and watch where you're going, who you yeah. speak with. True. Yeah, I guess that's the that's a part of life. You've got mm. to be aware and interact with every person, yep. um, with different backgrounds and beliefs and mm. um, their intentions as well. Mm. And that's what I guess makes you a smarter person for sure. in the future. Yeah, but I'm so disappointed that uh, the travel restrictions have not been lifted yet. Mm. Um, and uh, I think I saw a, an article where they said it may not be lifted till next year, December mm. next year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a while before. Yeah, I think just within the Pacific, I think Bali and the Pacific would be a nice just to get out of Australia and get to either New Zealand or to the islands would be nice. Yeah. I think Europe or America is going to be a, a long way before we can head that way. That's, yeah, that's that's out of the picture for mm. now, to be honest. But I guess uh, this shows that people need to move around. I mean, people mm. want to travel and for just sure. go to places. As much as we think we are the one, we are um, introverts or we love spending time in the room, just mm. locking ourselves out, watching Netflix. No, you you need to go out. You need yeah, to communicate. Sure. And that's what made us who we are, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've almost touched an hour mark. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, uh, thanks for uh, coming in, Kurt. It was uh, It was a pleasure. It's been great. Thanks for having me here. It's been yeah. great. Oh, oh yeah, it Love was the space, the studio. <laughs> yeah, um, still getting there. Uh, mm. I, honestly, I don't have a plan on where this is going to go, which mm-hmm. sounds horrible because I should have a plan in terms of keeping it more sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I guess we'll get there one day. I guess at this at this point in time, it's all about just getting things done, doing it, just pushing content out, mm. having good conversations. Right? For sure, it's a good great concept yeah yeah i hope you had fun today yeah no had a great time and yeah the day's only beginning exactly <laughs> we will be planning for something to make that day more adventurous maybe towards the city or the beach we'll find out kurt is the man of plans like he he can make things uh more comfortable and um just more interesting it's gonna be fun <laughs> yeah. all right guys thank you so much for listening and uh thank you kurt for being here one more time 
It's my pleasure. It's been great. Yeah, we'll possibly do this again in the future. For sure. Definitely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.